So today we're, we're having a class on Bhagavad Gita, eight, uh, chapter 16, text number 9. Chapter 16 is called Divine and Divaniac uh, Natures. And I'll read the, the Sanskrit and the translation. Uh, there'll be a couple of videos and there'll be other things too. Following such conclusions and loss of themselves, the Divinyak create horrible, unbeneficial works which are meant to destroy the world. Purport. The Divinyak are engaged in activities that will lead the world to destruction. The Lord states here that they are less intelligent. The materialists who have no concept of God think that they are advancing. But according to Bhagavad Gita, they are unintelligent and devoid of all sense. They try to enjoy this material world to the utmost limit and therefore always engage in inventing something for sense gratification. Such materialistic inventions are considered to be the advancement of human civilization. But the result is that people will grow, grow more and more violent and more and more cruel cruel to animals, and cruel to other human beings. They have no idea how to behave toward one another. Animal killing is very prominent among demoniac people. Such people are considered the enemies of the world because they ultimately, they will, try, will invent or create something which will bring destruction to all. Indirectly, this verse anticipates the invention of nuclear weapons, which the whole world is today very proud. At any moment, war may take place, and these atomic weapons may create havoc. Such things are created solely for the destruction of the world. And this is indicated here. Due to godliness, godlessness, such weapons are invented in human society. They're not meant for the peace and prosperity of the world. So again, the verse, etam drishtim avashtabhya nashtatmano nabudaya Following such conclusions, the demoniac are lost to themselves, who have no intelligence, engage in unbeneficial, horrible works meant to destroy the world. Namaste Saraswatam Deve Gauravani Bacharne. This verse is uh, giving us an insight of what this material world is all about. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna has mentioned to us that there are two kinds of created beings. Some of them are called divine, and some of them are called asuras, or the demonia. Uh, Krishna has explained to us the beginning of the 16th chapter 
what the qualities of the divine are. And he also explains in the 16th chapter, the qualities of the demoniac. One of the major qualities of the demoniac is that they don't believe in God. They believe that the world is unreal. It has no foundation. It has no God in control. It produces sex desire and has no cause other than lust. And as a result of that, they're lost to themselves. One who doesn't know Krishna will not have any experience of one's real self. Krishna may be realized as Brahman or Paramat or Bhagavan, but if one has no knowledge of Brahman even, what to speak of Paramatma or Bhagavan, then one will have only a material concept of life. And according to Bhagavad Gita, the results of a material conception of life is that one will simply try to enjoy the senses and engage in mental speculation. The result of that is that one will lose one's spiritual intelligence. And therefore, instead of seeing all living entities as part and parcel of Krishna and oneself as Krishna's servant, one will try to become the Lord of the material nature. And according to the 12th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, those who are trying to be the Lord's material nature, bayam dvitiya abhineshitasya isharabhitasya vipariyam smriti. They become fearful when they reverse the role. Instead of trying to become Krishna's servant, they try to become Krishna's master and everyone else's master. And therefore they become fearful and their major methodology of influencing others is to create fear in them also. So currently we have something called a pandemic. Now the question is, what are, where, what are the origins of this pandemic? How did, was it decided that we even had a pandemic? So that's what I'm going to discuss today. I'm not going to discuss the controversies over what viruses are or what vaccines are or any of these other controversies. I'm just going to take one point, which is how they decided that we have a pandemic based upon a test called PCR test, which is a test which was invented, uh, I think around the, the 19, the, around 1990, sometime around there, maybe a little earlier. And by one scientist who got the Nobel Prize for his invention for chemistry, Gary Mills. And we'll have a little, we'll show, I'll show a little video of Gary Mills what he thinks about his PCR test being used for diagnosing COVID-19. And we'll also go over how many people actually died this year compared to any other year. Now, here's an interesting, some interesting quotes from some respectable personalities or unrespectable personalities who have a lot of experience lying. I guess we'll put it on the screen here so everyone could see it. See if we can share the screen here. Oh, do I have permission to share the screen? Kumari Devi Dasi? Hare Krishna Guru Mahadas. Can you give me permission to share the screen? Wherever. You can share Guru Mahadas. Mataji Kumari, please give to Guru Maharaj this 
possibility. Okay, so sharing screen. Guru Maharaj? Yes. I'm sorry, but this time I have this on my screen, this COVID-19 on trial. Yeah, okay. Do you, do you see? Uh... How, how to see all oh, that's the all right, don't worry about it. Huh. No, the question is what part, you're sharing the screen here. Uh, let's go off here. Let's go off here and try and just cancel. Guru Maharaj, you have to stop uh, share screen and then uh, do it again. Okay. Ah. Okay, the, so now. Now I have you on the screen and four play others. Me and you and two, other, two devotees. Share screen, okay. So now we can go to here and see what this comes up with. Mm. Yeah, what do you see? Quote from Quote Prabhupada. from Srila Prabhupada. Okay, so now I'll just read the quotes from Verbal and others. That's not right. Okay. Word. Lies, okay. So now you'll see lies. You see that? If you want to be wrong, then follow the masses. Everyone can see that? Yes, Guru Maharaj. Principles of the big lie. Yes. If you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. The lie can be maintained only for some time as the state can shield the people from the political, economic, and or military consequences of the lie. It thus becomes virtually vitally important for the state to use all its powers to repress dissent, for the truth is the moral enemy of the lie. And thus, by extension, the truth is the greatest enemy of the state. Attributed to Goebbels. Everyone knows who Goebbels was? You know who Goebbels was, Kapila Muni? Planet Vijaya, do you know who Goebbels was? Uh, sorry, Maharaj, I don't understand. You know who Goebbels was? The propagandist, the one head of uh, propaganda for, for Adolf Hitler? Ah, yes, yes. Yeah, so this is his formula for lying. And the lie has, in fact, led us so far away <laughs> from a normal society that you cannot even orientate yourself any longer. In its dense gray fog, not even one pillar can be seen. Trejanitsya, from his <laughs> famous descendant, uh, descent, descent, one who was this, uh, in Russia, who was a dissident. And this is from President Eisenhower, one of the presidents of America. Yet in holding scientific research and discovery and respect, as we should, we must also be alert to be equal and opposite danger 
that public policy could itself become captive of a scientific technological elite. President Eisenhower, 1961, farewell address. Now we have Prabhupada here. This, this is about medicine. There are many quotes of Srila Prabhupada about medicine. Uh, most of them are in my book, but this is for, particularly for this particular presentation. Quote from Prabhupada, doctors give medicine and they speak surety, but there is no surety. And when there is no surety, why should we break our four principles? I don't think there is guarantee of surety by taking this medicine with animal products. But if there's surety you can take, it is very doubtful. When I, when I shall come there, I shall see what is wrong. Translation, this is from Srimad Bhagavatam, plus the purport. As far as transactions with money are concerned, if one person cheats another by a fathering or less, they become enemies. This is called purport by Srila Prabhupada. This is called samsara davanala. Even in ordinary trans transactions between two people, there is inevitably cheating because the conditioned soul is defective in four ways. He's illusioned, he commits mistakes, his knowledge is imperfect, and he has a propensity to cheat. Thus, when he's liberated from material conditioning, these four defects must be there. Consequently, every man has a cheating propensity, which is employed in business or money transactions. Although two friends may be living peacefully together, due to their propensity to cheat, they become enemies when there is a transaction between them. A philosopher accuses an economist of being a cheater, and an economist may accuse a philosopher of being a cheater when he comes in contact with money. In any case, this is the condition of material life. One may profess a high philosophy, but when one is in need of money, he becomes a cheater. In this material world, so-called scientists, philosophers, and economists are nothing but cheaters in one way or another. The scientists are cheaters because they present so many bogus things in the name of science. They propose going to the moon, but actually they end up cheating the entire public of large sums of money for their experiments. They cannot do anything useful. Unless one can find a person transcendental to the four defects, one should not accept advice and become a victim of the material condition. The best process is to take advice and instructions of Sri Krishna or his bona fide representative. In this way, one can be happy in this life and the next.
So now I'm gonna, we're going to play a video about this pandemic, how what the actual what the statistics are according to those who keep statistics about how bad this how bad this pandemic was this year, and it'll be translated. This is COVID nineteen one. Uh, can you see it on your screen now, ladies and gentlemen of Can everyone see that COVID nineteen on trial? Yes. The jury. We are witness of madness. Worse, the perpetrators of this madness continue to stoke the flames. They would have us believe that we face a threat so deadly and dire that our lives can never be the same. They would have us believe that every destructive policy they've enacted has not only been necessary, but that none of these policies have gone far enough. They would have us believe to get back some of what they've taken, we must first give them more of what they want. But is any of it so? I will prove to you that it is not. Let's take a closer look at the threat they have used to seize unprecedented power, destroy economies around the world, and secure trillions of dollars in bailouts. First, we need to address the number that health officials have been throwing around since the beginning of this so-called crisis, the potential death toll of COVID-19. If the current death toll hasn't been exaggerated, we have reason to believe otherwise. And if the current death toll doubles, COVID-19 will kill approximately 1.5 million people around the world. That number sounds very big, and the media has done everything within its power to convince you that it represents a significant threat to your life. The average person on the street can be forgiven for thinking that they, or somebody they love, will drop dead at any minute. Well, let's examine this monster that they've created in the public's mind. Here it is. And without any context, it looks like a vicious pit bull on a six-foot chain, waiting to maul anyone who gets within its reach. But is it? No, it's not. In fact, cardiovascular disease kills more than 10 times as many people every single year. It truly dwarfs the threat of COVID-19. So if we aim to keep this dog analogy accurate, we're going to have to change this guy into something more appropriate, like a five-pound chihuahua. We'll let cardiovascular disease assume the role of a scary 50-pound pit bull. Surely, if the COVID-19 chihuahua is such a threat, then something that's 10 times more deadly should have killed us all by now, right? Well, no. Cardiovascular disease is certainly deadly, but it's nowhere near as deadly as all-cause mortality, which kills nearly 60 million people every year. So, it looks like we've got to turn cardiovascular disease into something less scary, a schnauzer, perhaps. And to represent the 60 million annual deaths, we'll just have to pretend that there's such a thing as a 200-pound pit bull. Surely, if this is deadly enough to shut down the world and create mass hysteria, then this guy, this guy should have justified something unimaginably worse, right? But it didn't. So how is it that we all managed to live our lives all these years despite this horrible threat?
I'll tell you how. Because this is nowhere near the biggest, baddest, toughest dog on the block. It's more like a cuddly St. Bernard compared to the real beast that we haven't seen yet. This monster isn't twice as big, or 10 or 20 or 30 times as big. No, the biggest dog on the block is 125 times larger. Imagine, if you can, a 25,000-pound pit bull. This pit bull represents humanity. It represents the living, breathing strength of all the human beings that will not die, regardless of what the worst of these threats can throw at us. To really put this in perspective, let's do some simple math on the blackboard. Prior to COVID-19, when we all lived normal lives, less than 1% of us died each year, 0.007 of the Earth's population. In 2020, with COVID-19, that number hasn't changed. It's still less than 1% of us. It's still 0.007 of the Earth's population. The impact of this pandemic on total annual deaths is so small that you have to move into the fourth decimal place to measure it. Even among the most vulnerable, those above the age of 70, COVID-19 would have to kill 4.5 million, three times the projected death toll, to reduce their survival rate below 99%. Does any of this sound like what you were led to believe? If not, then consider the harsh reality that you were intentionally misled. You were intentionally misled. Okay, so let's get into what this uh, PCR test is all about. The, uh, I'll put this on the, on the screen here next. This is a statement by, released by WHO. WHO is the World Health Organization, December 14, 2020. PCR tests, what they do is, they, as most of you probably know, they take a little swab somehow or another. The, in China, we heard they're taking from places which are unmentionable. And then they subjected to what's called revolutions to increase the perceptibility of what they just, what they're looking for. Actually, they, they don't know quite what they're looking for because this SARS virus, which is supposed to produce COVID-19. Please mute. Please mute. Because the SARS virus, which is supposed to have produced uh, COVID-19, has never really been isolated. So they're not 100% sure what, it's, what it is. Uh, there are two types of major types of vi supposed viruses that create uh, flus every year. One of them are the, the coronaviruses. And the COVID-19 is supposed to be one of those coronaviruses. So there are many viruses, coronaviruses. As a matter of fact, there's, there's tens and thousands of identified, what they identified as retroviruses in 
practically every living, every human being on this planet. So what they do is they take a little sample and they, they buy the process of PCR testing, they multiply it. If you take one molecule, you can multiply it so in such a way as that you can actually perceive something that's there. Now they take whatever is there, they, they send it through revolutions. Uh, you can imagine one times one is two, two times two is four, four times four is eight, eight times eight is 16, 32, 64, 128. And if you go on and on, you get into the multiplications of the tens and thousands and millions, the more you multiply. So in order to detect if there's any kind of coronavirus or any kind of virus that they're looking for, uh, it was recommended that they go through something like 17 and maximum 35 uh, multiplications of this particular sample that they have. 35 was absolutely the maximum. Otherwise, it's Mr. Fauci, who was directing this pandemic in America, the head of the National Institute for Health in America said, after 35 multiplications of this, whatever the coronavirus sample is, the, resu the results become meaningless. Uh, as the point of information, the general testing that was done in America and around the world was between 35 and 40 times multiplications or cycles of their testing samples, which means that anything could actually have the coronavirus. As a matter of fact, according to their diagnosis, as a matter of fact, one president of a country in Africa, he sent to a university that was in Africa, in his country, a papaya to be tested for corona, a sample of papaya to be to, uh, tested for coronavirus. And he also sent a sample of a goat, a swab of a goat and, and other things. So both the, uh, the papaya came out positive for coronavirus, uh, coronavirus as well as the GOAT, as a number of other objects became out positive for coronavirus. Uh, here in Slovenia, where I am, some devotees, because they were having this mantra around the world, test, test, test. So they're encouraging everyone to get a test. At first it was costing hundred euros, but then they were giving it for free. So some devotees went online to get tested for the virus and they gave their names and whatever, and their address and their email address. But the line was so long, they, they, they left the, the line and they didn't get tested. But they received in the mail, in spite of the fact that they didn't get tested, that they were positive for coronavirus. So this is a statement, this is, uh, there was a court case in, in Portugal because as we'll find out that the person who got the Nobel Prize for inventing this PCR test, Gary Millis, he in an interview, which we'll hear, said that the, this PCR test was never meant for diagnosing people with viruses. You can use it to prove anything. So I'll just read this. 
And then we'll, we'll look at the, this is from the, written by the WHO, World Health Organization, which is more or less uh, worldwide is directing the response to this coronavirus pandemic. In a statement released in December 14, 2020, the World Health Organization finally owed up to, the, to what hundreds and thousands of doctors and medical profes professionals have been saying for months. The PCR test used to diagnose COVID-19 is a hit and miss process with, many, with way too many false positives. This WHO omitted problem comes in the wake of international lawsuits exposing the incompetence and malfeasance of public health officials and policymakers' reliance on a diagnostic test not fit for purpose. This World Health Organization mission is the crux of the problem, is that the crux of the problem is a wholly arbitrary cycling process, which means that many cycles are required to detect virus in some circumstances. The distinction between the background noise and actual presence of the target virus is difficult to ascertain. The UN body is now clearly looking to distance itself from fatally flawed tests, from the fatally flawed tests as a growing number of lawsuits are pro processing through the courts, exposing this insanity of relying on a test that even the inventor, Professor Carrie B. Millis, said was never designed to diagnose diseases. Professor Millis was awarded the Nobel Prize in Chemistry in 1993. Coincidentally, Millis died just before the pandemic started. We reported on November 22nd, 2020, that a landmark case in Portugal had ruled that the polymerase chain reaction test, PCR, was used worldwide to diagnose COVID-19 was not fit for purpose. Most importantly, the judges ruled that a single positive PCR test cannot be used as an effective diagnosis of infection. By the way, these were, we get the, the figures of in one day, 40,000 people have contacted COVID-19. Uh, if you ramp up the number of cycles, everyone practically who takes the test, including papaya, will come out positive for COVID-19. And if you put it down, then suddenly everyone is free from COVID-19. Uh, this is called manipulation. Uh, as Off Guardian Org reported at the time, in their ruling judges, Margarita Ramos de Almeida and Ana Parimesh referred to several scientific studies, most notably the study by Jafar and company which follows that when running PCR tests with 35 cycles or more, the accuracy dropped to 3%, meaning that up to 97% of positive results could be false positives. The ruling goes to conclude that based on the science they read, any PCR, PCR test using over 25 cycles is totally unreliable. Governments and private labs have been very tight-lipped about the exact number of cycles they run when PCR testing, but is, some, but is known to be sometimes as high as 45. Even fear-mongering in chief Antonio Falsi has publicly stated that over 35 is totally unusable. 
So I think we're getting the idea that uh, this huge number of tests are quite unreliable. So here's Gary Miller. When I was talking to uh, Dr. Leland Stillman, I was, you know, I, I was mentioning the fact that with even the testing of alleged tests for determining causation or diagnostic purposes, period. Mm -hmm. Asked to carry, how do they um, misuse PCR to estimate uh, all these so supposed free viral RNAs that may or may not be there? I think misused PCR is not quite, I don't think you can misuse PCR. No, the results, the interpretation of it. See, if you, if you, if you can say, if, if, if they wanted, if, if they could find this virus in you at all, and with PCR, if you do it well, you can find almost anything in anybody. It starts making you believe in the sort of Buddhist notion that everything is contained in everything else, right? I mean, because if you can amplify one single molecule up to, a, to something that you can really measure, which PCR can do, then there's just very few molecules that you don't have at least one single one of them in your body, okay? So that could be thought of as a misuse of it just to, to claim that it's meaningful. But the, the real misuse of it is, is that it, you don't need to test for HIV. You don't need to test for the other 10,000 retroviruses that are unnamed also in the subject. See, somebody that's got HIV generally is going to have almost anything that you can test for because they have definitely been, HIV is a fairly rare virus. There's only 1 million of us out of 250, 300 million people in America that have that virus. So you have to get around, either your mother had to have it and pass it to you, or you have to really be paying a lot of attention to people that do have it and paying only attention to them and get a pretty good chance of getting it that way. It's hard to get it. But it, if you have it, there's a good chance you've also got a lot of other ones because you've been in the in the market where you've been, it's been possible for you to get a lot of, it's, it's, it's a, to test for that one and say that has any special meaning is what I think is the problem. Not that PCR has been misused. It's like, it's not an estimation. It's a real, it's a really quantitative thing. It tells you something about nature and about what's there, but it, it, it allows you to take a very minuscule amount of anything and make it measurable and then talk about it in meetings and stuff like it is important. See that, that that's not a misuse. That's just sort of a misinterpretation. Because it's never been standardized as it compared to an isolated virus. And so you can't you it's not just inaccurate. That's wrong. It's meaningless. So that could be thought of as a misuse of it just to, to claim that it's meaningful. And so you can't you it's not just inaccurate. That's wrong. It's meaningless. There's a difference. Yeah. yeah. So and it says that in the package insert. So what, why is it so heretical for me to say the test is meaningless when actually the manufacturer of the test agrees with me? Mm -hmm. So let's just examine with the time we have left. Some of the other problems with the PCR test. I'm just gonna summarize it here. Uh, Number one, there could be large scale test contamination. The testing site or the lab contamination, which has led to countless false positive results. 
PCR tests can react to other coronaviruses so that going to lab examinations, this happens in about one to three percent of cases. If only one target gene is tested, as in the case of many, but not all labs, but as a whole itself is recommended to avoid ambiguous positive test results. PCR tests can detect non-infectious virus fragments weeks after an active infection or from an infection of a contact person as the US CDC confirmed. The PCR tests can detect viable virus in quantities too small to be infectious, see below. So again, it points out that after a certain number of cycles, then the results are actually meaningless. And here's another after, here's another interesting fact by the uh, CDC. Flu activity is unusually low in the US. Can we keep it going for future years? In a typical year, rising flu case would be dominating the headlines in January, not in 2021. As the world focuses on COVID-19 influenza and other, as the world focuses on COVID-19, influenza and other contagious respiratory illnesses caused by a virus seem to have all but disappeared. The millions of cases of influenza suddenly disappeared. I guess they were embarrassed that they were too weak compared to COVID-19 and they decided to take a vacation this year, last year. The flu is activity is unusually low for this time of the year. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention said in its weekly US influenza, influenza surveillance report. And here's our explanation. The change is not surprising since the flu virus spreads through respiratory droplets similar to the new coronavirus. People are wearing masks, social distancing, and paying attention to hand hygiene to avoid COVID-19, said Dr. Walid Javid, Director of Infectious Prevention and Control at Mount Sinai downtown in New York. Uh, so in spite of the fact that millions and millions, probably billions of people were wearing masks, social distancing, and paying attention to hand hygiene, somehow or another, the, this virus, COVID-19, was so intelligent, it was able to avoid all these precautions. Unfortunately, for the influenza disease, uh, flus that we get every year, which included the so-called swine flu and, and the bird flu and so many other flus, they were not just intelligent enough to avoid all these precautions, uh, or therefore they did not infect anyone this year, only supposedly COVID-19. So we're actually not dealing with science, we're dealing with science fiction. And uh, on the basis of that science fiction, we have our present lockdowns, we have our present precautions, we have so many different uh, things that are going on which we may go into later, which I won't go into now. Uh, but actually, uh, the, the scientific evidence behind what the basic principle of it is flawed and knowingly flawed, obviously. So I'll, I'll stop there. Is there any questions about this?
Hare Krishna Guru Okay. I have a question from Ramana Prabhu. How to become more stable in individual sadhana when uh, there are many factors around that we don't be stable? I can't hear you. I didn't understand what you said. How to become more stable in, in sadhana when? When? When we have many uh, disturbs. Have when many a lot of disturbances. Well, that's, you try. Krishna, does, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita that for wherever the, uh, that Shinai Shinaru Paramad Buddha Drita Grihitaya Atma Samstamana Kritva Nakinchit Atma Chindaya. That one should try to steady the intelligence where, uh, wherever the one, oh, actually, let me look that up. Bhagavad Gita, chapter 6, text number One should engage oneself in the practice of yoga. Oh, that's not, not. Gradually, step by step, with full conviction, one should become situated in trance by means of intelligence sustained by full conviction. And thus the mind should be fixed on the self alone and should think of nothing else. For wherever the mind wanders to, due to its flickering and unsteady nature, one should withdraw it and bring it back under the control of the self. So we expect the mind to wander. That's what the whole Bhagavad Gita is about. But our solution is to try to fix it on Krishna. Try to think of Krishna alone and not and become detached from these other thoughts. If we chant Hare Krishna nicely, like a child calling for its mother, feelingly, and we listen, our minds cannot stop us from doing that. So disturbances are within the mind, but we have intelligence which we can utilize to chant Hare Krishna with feeling and with attention, and then Krishna will appear before us and our minds will become purified and Krishnaized. And then there'll be no more disturbance. Anything else? Any other questions? There seems to be a long, there seems to be a couple of questions there. Agnihotra, can you look in the chat? You can translate. Can you see the chat? Hoz bovadu urovnia. Smetanitsi bov siam mire vapros. Akak ye or rom naye. Can you see that, Agnihotra? 
Can anyone translate that for me? Hare Krishna, дорогой Гуру Махарадж, примите мои поклоны, пожалуйста. Я думаю, они хуже не слышат сейчас. Видимо, он в дороге, у него пропадает связь. Unmute yourself, yes. So, can you translate what's in the chat? Yes. The question. Maybe should I try? Maybe I. Yes. The next question from Mati Indrayeka from Zaporozhye. The grace of advanced voices. I have developed the taste for for the standard. I don't call it association of the watches who can blame the foreign me. I can't understand anything you're saying, Agnihotrava. Can anyone translate it? Vilavati, can you translate your question? Vilavati. Как это сделать? Я, я не могу перевести на английский язык, простите, пожалуйста. Может быть, кто-то... Internet or through the people which we <coughs> which you give us today. Uh, in internet, I met uh, very often uh, the same information about uh, prospective masks and any other things. And what we should do? Uh, actually, should we go go? against from system or or not well we're not going against the system the system says that the pcr test of fluoride the person who invented it said it's it's not used it shouldn't be used for diagnostics of a disease so we're just repeating what the scientists are are saying we're not saying anything different so i don't think what we're saying is controversial at all some some of the things i may have said are controversial but certainly not about the PCR test. That's already been proven and caught to be wrong. And even the scientists say it shouldn't be used for more than a certain number of cycles, but it was being used for many, many more cycles than it was prescribed. So I, I'd be cautious. I wouldn't put it on forum, uh, this information. I wouldn't give it to people who are just going to argue about it, no matter and uh, but I would give it certainly distribute it to people who are receptive, who have you know who would like to find out, who are open to at least the information given by our own scientists, our own World Health Organization, and in America from the Center for Disease Control. Although I don't think neither the World Health Organization nor the Center for Disease Control would be very happy about this particular lecture. 
but I'm simply I'm using their own information for presenting it. Does that answer your question? So be cautious. Uh, we don't want to create unnecessary controversy, but we don't want to be foolish either because many, many people are being hurt by this particular uh, pandemic. And it may not be uh, having some knowledge and information may be helpful for some people. Yes, Andriyami. I can't hear you. Дорогой, говорит, что мы не должны сражаться, но по крайней мере мы должны иметь объективный взгляд свой на то, что как происходит во все вокруг, как это устроено, для того, чтобы иметь ясное мышление, не бояться. И, может быть, даже когда-то в каких-то конфиденциальных случаях, когда к нам прислушиваются кто-то, мы можем кому-то помочь, успокоив его и забрав его страх, усилив него. Вам не слышно переводчика? There's, there's a question here about the death rate worldwide. The question is, what about the huge number of deaths in Italy last year? Did not affect the global mortality rate? Question from Jai Shree. Uh, I, I didn't know that there was a huge number of deaths. There was a new, huge number of people who supposedly got COVID-19 in Italy, according to the diagnostic test. But most, 97 or 90, even more percent of those people died for people on the average age between around 82 years old. The same people who die every year in Italy due to influenza and other diseases died this year. So there wasn't a great increase. As far as other, you know, smaller increases, uh, in America, for instance, anyone who died of any disease in some parts of, the, of, of America died, uh, designated as died from COVID-19. They may have died with COVID-19. They didn't know, it wasn't necessary. Even one person was shot in the head and on his death certificate it was ruled that he died from COVID-19. People died in motorcycle accidents. So how much there was really an increase in deaths last year. I mean, people, there was an increase of deaths some of them were caused by the fact that people, more people committed suicide. More people got depressed, went into, into psychi uh, psychiatric treatment. There are more separations and divorces. People lost jobs. They estimate 35% of the people in America will lose their jobs eventually or very shortly. So in every percentage of people in America, they've done studies they lose their job, 35,000 people die. So yes, this deadly disease called COVID-19 uh, is not the only factor, but the deaths from COVID-19 seems to have been inflated for one reason or another. But again, in Italy, uh, most of the people who died, died in the old age homes who were quite old and were expected to die anyhow. The amazing thing is when, anyhow, I won't get into the other factors right